second week of this Choices series, and, and I'm pumped about the content and uh, uh, really excited uh, to, to dive into today's subject matter. But for those of you who didn't have the chance to catch the podcast or make last week's um, talk, let me just do a quick revamp. Uh, Psalm 37, 23 through 34 says, if the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Great promise. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, last week we looked at this, and we looked at the reality that the beginning of knowing God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is being transformed. That transformational moment is when we enter into, uh, by faith, a relationship with Jesus. We choose to follow Jesus, and, and all of a sudden our perspective is transformed, and we have access to this good, pleasing, and perfect will like, like we didn't uh, as drastically before. And, uh, and then we kind of landed on this thought of the reality that discernment is discovered. And, um, uh, and, and you know, life, life brings understanding. You know, over the course of time, we're going to become more discerning, period. It just makes sense. The more we live, the more we discover, the more we learn. Job 12, verse 12 through 13, says it this way. Is not wisdom found among the aged? Or, you know, I guess you could say aged. Have you ever read it like that? The aged? Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? To God belong wisdom and power. Counsel and understanding are His. So as we look at having understanding of God's plan for our life, and uh, long life brings understanding. But as I was reading this passage, something, a little nugget jumped out that I really believe is step two beyond being transformed and that's hidden right there in verse 13 of, of Job 12. And it's that reality that not only is understanding God's, it says, to God belong wisdom and power, counsel and understanding are His. Counsel. So today we're going to dive in to this thought of seeking counsel. Counsel for some, this word, gives you maybe a picture of weakness. I think in, in our day and age, uh, probably more five years ago, but because uh, more and more people are willing to admit that they've sought counsel or they're in counseling, you know, we tie these words together and we go, well, counseling, man, that's a bummer you're in counseling. I mean, it's just totally like a sign of weakness. You know, it's, it's kind of this, it's got this maybe negative connotation in people's minds, and they, they tie the word counsel to weakness. But in reality, those who are willing to humble themselves and seek counsel, not, not speaking of counseling, but it works in that realm, 
those who are willing to get counseling actually strengthen themselves. It's a strengthening process. Counseling is actually a sign of strength. Counsel is meant to lend direction to our decisions. So to lend direction to our decisions. Counsel has been correlated to counseling, and we, we think, you know, we're too good for that. I just, I can do this myself. I need to be self-made. You know, we kind of, our pride gets us in the way of seeking counsel. But the reality is, if we engage the right counsel, our decision process will become that much more clearer and will be stronger than we ever anticipated being. Our plans will be more firm than we've ever anticipated them being. It's a strengthening to our plan. Proverbs 15.22 says this, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. We need the plan, and we need... um, The transformation that opens the door to receive that plan, ultimately, like we dialogued about last week. But for that plan to succeed, so now we've discovered God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, but now we need to put that into action. To put that into action, we need counsel. We need to wrap ourselves in layers of wisdom so that we can stay the course, so that we can go the right direction that God has planned for us to go. Now, interesting, when you think about this reality and you think about open life and our mission of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus, and, you know, we're, we're just people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus, but that, that word leading and the reality of people in our world today maybe not wanting counsel means that our mission is not that easy to enact in people's life, right? If uh, the challenge is people do not want to seek leadership, they just want to lead themselves. And uh, uh, here's some thoughts that I just jotted down on that. They, they don't want to be led as much as they seek to be affirmed. People want to make up their mind and surround themselves with people who agree with them versus going to people around them to seek the direction they should go. People are not seeking direction as much as they are desiring approval. Just think about the different conversations you've had and, and how that has played out in your surroundings. It's very true. We find ourselves in the circumstance of approving someone's predetermined decision more often than people involve us in the decision itself. Discernment happens when we allow those with wisdom to engage in the discussion prior to the decision. Discernment happens when we allow those with wisdom to engage in the discussion prior to our decision. A question I love to ask of those around me and, and that I'm seeking input from on decision. Because if, you, if you're around me much, you know, I have a new idea every day. I, 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 it's a creative's, like, worst nightmare. I just do. I have, like, new ideas. And I'm like, let's charge this hill. You know, let's do this. And, and 
not long, or those around me are like, hold on. We can't do that all. We can't do all those things at once, right? And so hopefully I listen to that. But, the, uh, but just the reality of tossing out a new idea, I love to start with this question. Why would it be crazy to fill in that blank, right? So a couple weeks ago I went to our staff and I said, hey, I've been in times of prayer. I've just been feeling burdened with this thought. I know it's a calling upon me. I know that, that I'm supposed to be uh, raising up leaders and, and sending leaders out. It's just a passion of mine. I was like, but here's the deal. Uh, I feel like there's so much potential in our city. What would it look like to do some form of like internship thing in Bonnie Lake? And, but not an internship that you're used to in churches where like they come and they become a slave to the church and they're running cameras and sound and doing worship, creating graphics. And it's like 40 hours a week, they're just doing church stuff. I was like, what if it's more of like a gap year program? And, and we're, so this is a couple weeks ago, right? So it's like a gap year program where, you know, students come and they discover what it is to serve in a community, and they're actually more present in the community in serving elementary schools who have no volunteers, and they're helping in the business community. And, you know, so I'm just tossing out all these ideas. It's like arrows out with these people. They're just discovering what it is to be a person who loves Jesus and is a benefit to their community. So when they go back to their towns, They'll be an incredibly valuable citizen to their community. Couldn't we change the world? And, you know, so we're just all sitting there going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why not just do it this fall? And they're all like, let's talk about this, Dad. And I was like, you know, so it was really quick that we realized it wasn't a fall of 2013, but this is more of a fall of 2014 thing. And although, you know, I would probably just like take up that idea and I'd spend 24-7 thinking about it, have everything in writing and everything in place two weeks later, because that's just kind of the way I'm wired, and, and just go for this thing, put it on the website, go global with it, you know. And it's uh, kind of the way I think it's healthy that I, I said, hey, why would I be crazy? And that I have those around us and our team here at Open Life that would say, this is why it's crazy, Thad. You need to hear this. This is why it's crazy. And this is the benefit of doing it this way. And, uh, and, and we, I didn't come into the room saying, hey, I'm the visionary of God for this church. I'm the oracle of the Lord, you know, or something like that, you know. So I didn't come in saying, this is what we're doing. You're either with me or against me, you know. I don't know if you've ever heard of, like, or had a boss like that. But anyway, they, I would rather involve people in the discussion first and say, let's brainstorm this together. Let's, let's put all of our minds collectively together because that will add greater value to our community and what we're attempting to do. Because if I come to the table with the decision made, it's a decision made by one versus many, which is weaker. Listen to this passage. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Students, don't take that out of context. Amen. Parents all say amen. Okay, here we go. Um, Verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. 
You might attempt to wrap your decision with the approval and the appearance of counsel. You just sought people to affirm you, so it looks like multiple people made the decision, but really you did it with a lack of advisement. But if the decision is made with the strength of advisement, of, of counsel, of friends and, and leaders around you, those with the spirit of wisdom, your decision will be unbreakable. Your path will be firm. God will hold you up even if you stumble in the journey towards the goal. You'll pursue the plans you have been given with a new sense of security if you learn to practice the principle of counsel. So what type of counsel should we seek? Let's jump on into it. Three easy thoughts. You can probably figure these out on your own because it's all in the Bible. Here we go. Uh, the, the first is God's. God's counsel is the most important, right? Yes, we need to seek His good, pleasing, and perfect will, but we also need to, to get counsel from Him, and He promises us counsel. It's a beautiful gift, as we'll uncover here in Scripture. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I'll, I will counsel you and watch over you. So not only will we get His good, pleasing, and perfect will, but now he's, he's counseling us and watching over us. Our plans, his plans for our lives. That's incredible that we could have. The word authority means to cover over. That we have his authority over our plan should give us a peace about pursuing anything that he puts in our spirit. I love that. Isaiah 11 verse 2 says it this way, speaking of Jesus, he's prophesying about Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of power, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Receiving counsel from God sounds so mystical when you kind of back away from it, right? Okay, so I'll seek God's counsel. Man, what does that look like? Is it like a cloud comes into like my backyard and I hear this voice? Here's the plan of which I'm well pleased. Listen to me. You know, and you're like, yes, Lord. Thad said this would happen. You know, it's like that's not quite the way it's going to work. Uh, maybe eat the wrong mushrooms. It could happen. But anyway, uh, I'm just saying uh, that's not the goal. It's not, you're not going to hear this voice. Simba. You know, it just doesn't, it's not, oh, my reflection's in the water. Um, really, it's more of an unction. Is that a word that you use very often? It's more like you sense in your spirit the counsel. Um, what that is, is it's the Holy Spirit awakening inside of you. It's an inner voice, if you will. It's a vivid vision from God. It's not really that mystical. It's pretty simple, actually. Uh, it's, it's almost as simple as an audible voice. And sometimes people will say that they've heard from God with an audible voice. It's been like that for me a couple times, but not very often. I more trust His inner voice that He gives me. See, Jesus Himself taught of God's intent to give us counsel. 
And it, it, it's this really cool picture, actually, because Jesus, and you can read the entirety of it in, in John 14, 15, and 16, really 14 and 16, where he's talking about the promised Holy Spirit and that Jesus ultimately had to go to the cross and, and die and go to the grave and resurrect three days later. And, 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 but he had to ascend to heaven. He had to go to heaven so that the promised Holy Spirit could come. And he refers to the Holy Spirit as the counselor in John. See, the, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. And the Holy Spirit is with us. When we profess Christ, the Holy Spirit is in us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit, Scripture says. But listen to Jesus' instructions. John 14, 16 says, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. John 14, 26 says, The counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John 16, 7, I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. We have access to the counselor because Jesus died, rose again, and ascended to heaven. God's plan was not just Jesus. God's plan was giving us the counselor. We have access as those who follow Jesus to incredible wisdom, unlimited wisdom. Do we utilize it? Do we, do we consult God on decisions? Do we do what 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says and pray continually? James 1.5 puts it this way, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. It'll be given to him. If you need wisdom on a decision, ask God. If you have a big one right there before you that you need to make a decision on, God, is this the right house? God, is this the right loan? God, is this the right school? God, is this the right mate? God, is this the, the, the person I'm supposed to marry? God, is this the direction I'm supposed to go? Is this the job I'm supposed to take? Lord, ask the Lord first. Ask God first. And we need to not only ask for ourselves. We need to be aware of those around us, and we need to ask for them. We need to be those who would go to God for others. Ephesians 1.17 says it like this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That spirit of wisdom referred to there, when you dig a little deeper, it literally means understanding of spiritual realities or God's truth. It's the spirit of truth that Jesus was speaking of. The spirit of wisdom is the counselor that we may know the counselor better. Make you wise in spiritual things or gain wisdom of the Lord on these things. We need to seek 
God's counsel for ourselves. We need to pray that others would have the revelation of that same counsel. Give them your wisdom, Lord. Help them to understand why. Isn't it the first question all of us ask when things are going tough? Why, God? If you know somebody asking why, begin to pray for them that God will give them the spirit of wisdom. If you know somebody at a T, I, I, I put up an Instagram this week. I was hiking around the trails in Tahale uh, with, with Preston, our kid, and pushing him around and, and, uh, and, and having some fun up there. And I got to this, this intersection, and, and it just caught me funny when I saw the sign, knowing this series and the talk for today. And, and the sign says, you know, it's got one lane goes this way and one lane this, goes this way, and it says, only <laughs> yeah, only which way? If you know somebody that's at that point in their life, they're like, only, you know, help me out here. Which way do I go? And we get to those moments in our life. We need to pray the spirit of wisdom onto them. Or maybe they're, you know, uh, bless the Lord for, for Chris coming today and, and, and playing uh, the djembe, but his mother-in-law, his wife Lindsay's mom, it, it just it was given the most horrible diagnosis this week um, uh, for her cancer, and, and they're thinking she'll probably pass today. And we need to pray a spirit of wisdom for, for Lindsay's family because they're hurting. And that in this moment, they won't turn and just, uh, at God as young believers, but that they'll look to Him for peace. So I want to pause here, and I want to pray for them, because my heart's heavy for them. And uh, I've been praying for a spirit of wisdom even as they chose care options this week over that family. Maybe you have somebody that you need to just pause and pray for before we go on to our following points. I'm going to lift up Lindsay and her family, but maybe somebody's in your heart that you just know, I need to do this. I want to pause right in the middle today of the talk, and, and let's lift some up in prayer. God, I thank you for whomever is being lifted up in this room right now. There's other people that are at a point of decision. Give them this spirit of wisdom that, that Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus there. God, I pray for, for Lindsay and her family right now, for her father as he's in the last moments with his wife, and, and cancer is ugly, and, and I just pray that, God, you will help them to experience what your Word promises, a guarding of our heart with the peace of God. I pray that over the whole family, though it not makes sense of the whys and the timing and, and the realities of it. God, I, I, I pray that you will give them a spirit of wisdom so that they'll know they're not hated by you. This is not your judgment upon them. They're loved by you. You're for them. And God, I pray for any decisions that are being made here, God, that we would look to you first and that we not only would look to you for ourselves, but we would look to others and see how they need the spirit of wisdom. And we would literally pray that over them. Burden us for those around us who need this spirit of wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for letting me take that moment for them. So we need God's counsel, but we also need the counsel of, number two, elders. 
There's an interesting term. You might have had somebody show up at your door with an elder badge. I don't know. But that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. Throughout Scripture you see the term elder. And elder refers to those in charge of the affairs of the church in Scripture in a very general perspective of it. Simple, biblical, wise leaders that fulfill certain qualities in their life. And those are listed in different places in text. Those who have more time ultimately under their belt in the faith are elders. They're discerning. They, you know, aren't quickly angered. And there's a lot of qualifications that I don't want to take the time to, to dive into today. These are group leaders. These are pastors. These are missionaries. These are evangelists. These are prophets. These are just those who understand the heart of God. Some given, as we'll look at even next week, they're given the, the gift of discernment. And so we can ask them and we can go to them and, and they'll have a biblical depth of wisdom that maybe we just don't have yet. And it, these are great people to advise with. Um, in 1 Kings 12, uh, you can see a story about King Rehoboam who consulted first with the elders. So great job. He consulted with the elders, but then he didn't listen to them. He just consulted with them. But he listened to those who were younger than him and, and didn't have the experience of the elders. And he, he just kind of went with their gut because they were closest. And he ended up making wrong choices that hurt the entire kingdom. We need to not only consult and advise with elders, with those who are more wise than us, we need to listen to that consultation. We must discipline ourselves to consult and then listen to those who've been down this road before called life. And I think this is the hardest thing because often what they can observe from their perspective we don't necessarily comprehend the why behind it, and we kind of resist it if you're wired like me. We must hear the advice. We must listen to it and not just go through the discipline of it being told to us. I have this conversation with some of my friends in ministry, and, and I haven't like all figured it all out and stuff, but just... Let me, let me toss a little of it at you. I've said this, and I've said people today don't really comprehend how to be pastored. This is what I'm saying when I would have this dialogue with my, my friends, is that God has given, given the church to you not as an organization because you need something to do on your Sunday mornings is show up at a church service and go through the motion, right? God has given you leaders and ministers and past, specifically people called to be pastor. He's given you pastors so that in life's choices, you have someone to go to and ask. He's given you elders as a gift to the, the, the body of Christ, as a gift to those who follow Jesus. Not as an authoritative 
body to like mandate what you should do, but really as a gift to just say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? I had the opportunity three times this week to sit down in coffees with people and, and, and simple things like, should I take a, a lateral promotion or not? Man, here's the, here's the context. What are your thoughts now, knowing that we need to teach discernment and not right and wrong? What do you think I do? I ask a question back, right? Well, what do you think? What the, you know, talk to me about that. What are your, what are your preferences? And you, you allow this spiritual wisdom to kind of be imparted. Here's, here's another thing I've discovered as a pastor. I only have grace of providing spiritual wisdom for people whom are really under my care. This is just, I haven't theologically processed this, and this is pretty much a tangent. Uh, but I have, I have found myself where sometimes those who are maybe attending another church and they're in a different ministry, God has literally given the pastor of that community the wisdom to lead that community. And me on the outside... Uh, of, of the community that that person is worshiping within, if they're coming over to seek my advice, maybe seeking affirmation or favorable advice because they didn't get favorable advice from their pastor, <laughs> you know, but, you know, trying to find someone who will say yes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but you're trying to, you know, if, if they seek that counsel, then oftentimes I draw a blank. I could have someone in, in my ministry asking me counsel for the same subject, and I'm like, man, I really think, you know, here's, here's what maybe you should do. But somebody outside of my spiritual authority asks me that, and I'm like, I have no idea. Isn't that interesting, how God would operate that way? A pastor is a gift to the church. It's one of the values of being a member of a church. So you have spiritual authority, someone who can hear God for you, not to lord it over you. We're, we're spoken to not do that in Scripture, but to serve you. It's a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing for me to do. It's a blessing for our, our group leaders to do. They're put in a position of leadership for a reason. So seek the elders. And then third, friends. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Notice how I bring friends in last. If you go to your friends first before consulting with God or elders, and often friends may just give you the, sure, do whatever you want to do, right? You, your friends are... If early in the process, uh, they're, they're just going to affirm you. They don't want to wreck your dreams. But if you've gone to God, and if you've sought wisdom of those around you who are, would be considered your elders, who've just been down that road a little longer, and, and, and you get to a point where you're like, man, I, so help me out. Here's where I think I'm at, and you tell that to your friends— your friends are closest enough to you to tell you you're an idiot, right? And to maybe reconsider or, or to say, that's not you. You've, you've given a wrong perspective maybe to those you're seeking counsel from. Maybe seek counsel more. You've probably had a decision where your friends have told you that. Maybe you should think about this again. Students. 
this is totally you and relationships. When you're trying, now, you don't have to like go to Bruce and, and, and say, Bruce, I just need to know if you approve of me dating this person. That's not, that's not the deal. But ju- you should go to your parents. They're an authority over you. But anyway, uh, you, just looking at the reality of, God, is this going to be best for me or is this going to hinder my relationship with you, with others? Uh, and when you, when, you, when you do begin to ask those in authority over you, you're saying, man, to your elders, what are your thoughts of this relationship? And they're like, mm, I see a couple warning, but go ahead. And then you say to your friends, what do you think? And they're like, you're a knucklehead. What are you thinking? Right? The wounds of a friend are sweet if we'll receive them. If we'll receive that correction from our friends, often they can knock us back on track when we're just about ready to jump off track. Friends are highly valuable, and they'll speak the truth to us even if they know it's going to hurt a little up front. They know your strengths. They know your weaknesses. They speak your language. So listen to them. When you're turning the voice of your friends off in the area of a decision, you may have gone down a dangerous path, and that should be a warning sign to you. When you think you know best and everyone around you is giving you different counsel, it should be a warning sign to you. So when the counsel of God, elders, and friends align, it opens the door to the most fulfilling path that you could travel down. I envision a padlock. You know, like the, let's say it's got three numbers on it. You got to get all three numbers right before that thing opens, right? And on the inside of that padlock, if you've ever looked at how locks work, basically you got to get all three in alignment. And when everything inside that, that lock is in alignment, it'll open up. You get the password right. Well, the correct password is God, elders, friends. You get those to align, and you're going to open the door to unlock incredible potential for your life. So how should we treat counsel? Let's land this thing and, and uh, uh, this morning. A couple thoughts here of how we should treat counsel. Give you two more passages, and then we'll pray in closing. One, we should wait for it. Counsel may, it may not come as quickly as you want to move. Hello, that's me. That's my life right there. But listen to this Psalm 106, 13 says, They soon forgot what he had done, speaking of God, and did not wait for his counsel. If we're going to God for a big choice in our life and we just kind of don't feel that he's responding quick enough, and so we're like, well, I'll just take care of this. Let's go to the elders. Let's go to the friends. Cool. I'll just skip God part. We could be breaking something open we shouldn't have opened yet. If your lock only has two of those numbers and you just can't, you could feel it getting close to open, but it's not quite opening. If you break it, that's no good. We don't want to break that connection. So I want to challenge you, wait for God. Have patience. Ooh, that word just, but we need to wait for God's counsel. Don't get ahead of God. I could tell you countless stories in Scripture where people stepped ahead of God and it meant their lives. we got to wait for God's counsel. And then two, be grateful for it. 
Psalm 16, 7, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Let's not view counsel as a burden or an added task, if you will, to our life, but see it as a launching pad to make the plans that God has for our life so firm, so beautiful, so strong, that we can navigate the intricacies with the help of God and and, and the elders and our friends in a way that maybe we haven't tried before and watch the things, the plans of our life, the good, perfect, and pleasing plan God has for us be so refreshing and maybe enter into some decisions without the obstructions that we have experienced before. The counselor is a gift to us as believers. The Holy Spirit is a gift to us. Are we utilizing that gift. I want to pray for you today. God, I thank you for uh, the opportunity we have to come here and, and to open up your word. And, and I basically shoot out a bunch of texts today for people to, to really process and contemplate in the area of counsel. And I pray, God, that you would allow us to have these disciplines of coming after you with our plans and being patient enough to wait for your counsel, not getting ahead of you. I pray that, God, you will give wisdom to all those here who are facing a choice. And that, God, you'll allow them to just open up those decisions to to those that are down the road of faith a little farther than them. That conversations will begin and all of a sudden things about those choices will be illuminated like never before. Just show your words so true in their life plans fell for a lack of counsel. And so I pray that, God, you'll give us uh, this spirit of wisdom and that, God, we'll have a greater sense of the presence of the counselor in our life. Give us an awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit in and around our life. You're our authority. You're our covering. You're our guard. You're helping us process all these decisions life gives us. Some are great, and we need to spend so much time considering them. But some are pretty simple, and you can just download quick wisdom into our lives to make those choices. If we're receptive to you, if we counsel with you, if we listen to your advisement, if we're patient. And God, may we come back next week and give you praise for the wisdom you've given us, And the wisdom you've given those we've been praying for this week. May we be filled with hearts that would bless your name for the counsel that you provide. In Jesus' name, amen.